Raymond Everett Podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. And I'm producer Henry J. Thanks so much for joining us on episode number 77, which is brought to you by Milltown Credit Union. Check out their Super Youth Savings Account, which offers 5% over the current dividend rate on the first $750, with the rate being 5.35 APY. You can learn more at MilltownCU.org or visit them at 3201 Broadway. All right, on today's show, we will be uh, highlighting some events coming up this weekend. We will be talking about uh, some Everett Life stuff. We're going to play a game of trivia, and we will have an interview with Alex Lark about the Metro Everett plan. Let's get started, dudes. So first off, let's take a look at some events happening around Everett from the Weekly Goodness, a weekly email newsletter we send out every single Monday. So uh, who wants to kick it off and share their event of the week? Oh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, So I will be heading down to uh, Black Lab Gallery. I'm very excited about this because uh, Fuzzmutt is playing. Everett's own Fuzzmutt will be playing with. Hold on. Let me get the whole. It's a pretty deep lineup. Uh, Indian Goat, Weep Wave from Seattle, and Dirty Dirty from Seattle, who uh, we're friends with, which is cool. Uh, At Black Lab, um, it's going to be all ages. I think the cover is like five bucks. Starts at seven o'clock on Friday. Go out, support your local music scene for sure. We haven't had a cool show like this in a while, but it's action packed, full of music this week. Yeah, weekend. totally. That's what I'm heading to this weekend. I'm going to head to Wild Coyote Country and Americana Festival. It's the first year of it. Uh, my band, or the band that I play in, Tellers, is playing. Uh, I don't know when and where, but Henry, could you pull that up on your laptop and tell people where Tellers is playing? <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> I know uh, it's on Saturday. <laughs> so, uh, and then Brad's playing solo, too, as yeah, well, right? Yeah, Brad Haney, um, Silver Cup uh, Cafe Manager Extraordinaire slash uh, Make You Cry Songwriter will be playing. Um, and then another cool thing, Tellers... Um, Doug Evans from I Will Keep Your Ghost is playing drums and Brian is playing bass. Oh, cool. Um, for us. So it'll be a totally fun show. Let's see, Henry, you got that pulled up? Yep. Uh, computer is working right now. Okay, here we go. You are playing Saturday at the Wetmore Theater Plaza at uh, eight, 6 30 p.m. Awesome. Right? Yep, that's a 6, 6 cool. 30 p.m. So, so the whole event is at the Wetmore Theater Plaza, and then there's a stage, or the main stage is at Wetmore Theater Plaza, and then, then there's a couple other stages around town. You can find all of the information on our website. Very <laughs> cool. <laughs> what about you, Garrett? <laughs> so my pick of the week is the Comedy Garage. Uh, it's a weekly open yeah, mic. You've been really into comedy lately. Am I? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of your thing. Yeah, you know, I've been trying to, so I'm actually going to be going, um, I was going to go tonight, but I, I'm just getting over being sick, so I think I'm going to go next Monday to this comedy open mic, but I have been trying to make a point lately of, um, I've been wanting to do some stories on some of these more like niche art type categories sure. that, um, you know, I feel like don't don't get as much shine, um, so yeah, I'd, I'm working on a thing um, and kind of trying to help uh, Brittany Barber with her ever improv stuff she's doing. And then, yeah, I feel like there's not a lot of comedy stuff going on, but I would love to see just more of these kind of different types of art, of mm-hmm. these kind of like smaller groups that are trying to do stuff. And Are you going to keep um, pursuing your comedy career after that show you did? 
I'm not. No, nope. that was just like a one and done <laughs> thing. <laughs> Bummer. Just, just for fun. But you know, Come so on. many, so many people I talk to. Your dad now. <laughs> it's true. Well, then I just get to make bad jokes to my daughter <laughs> anytime I want. <laughs> you have a built-in audience now. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and she doesn't know what I'm saying anyway. So you know, win-win. Nice. Um, but yeah, so many people I talk to that they're like, "Oh, I've always wanted to try uh, doing stand-up comedy." So. There you go. Monday nights at Tony V's, 8.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then they have like a featured uh, comic uh, each week as well. But otherwise, it's, it's totally free. It's just an open mic. You can, uh, you know, get up on stage and uh, see see what you got. Buy Garrett a bunch of beers so he gets up on stage <laughs> and video it and send it to podcast at liveinever.com. <laughs> there we um, go. We, I want to throw in one honorable mention, which is uh, Pink the Rink is happening Friday at 7.35 p.m. against the Kent Thunderbirds and the Everett Silvertips. So, <laughs> the Kent Thunderbirds. Um, that's yeah. where they play. They're called the Seattle Thunderbirds. I don't know why. Like, we don't play in Arlington and call ourselves the God, Everett Silvertips. God, man, you just... This rivalry, rivalry is deep. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. This have, is your thing. I have a large disdain for the uh, Kent Thunderbirds. But, <laughs> yeah, if you go to the game, a uh, portion of the proceeds go to support uh, and provide breast exams for the underserved in Snohomish County. So it's a good cause, and you get to go watch hockey. So that's what we picked out this week. For more details and to get the weekly goodness sent to your inbox every Monday, just go to liveinever.com slash subscribe. All right, guys, what is happening in your Everett lives uh, this week? Uh, I think this week we should talk about what's going on at Painfield and the new commercial air service coming to Everett. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's supposed to be. It's still on track for 2019, which is very cool. There was like a FAA um, environmental study that went through and everything's fine there, according to the Herald. And uh, the Herald also put out an article that we're kind of going to uh, dive into which is what the airlines are planning for at Painfield. I'm sure everybody wants to know where you can fly from, what you're going to fly in, what airlines are coming. So it's Alaska, uh, United, and Southwest are the three airlines that are coming. And they're pretty much hitting up the entire West Coast. Yeah, like all the major cities. Like, I don't think there's a city I can think of that I like wished was on the list. Like, it's pretty. Poughkeepsie. <laughs> what? Leave, leaving that in. <laughs> no, no, Poughkeepsie. But uh, Portland, Los Angeles, San Jose, um, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Denver, Oakland. All of those are covered. So if Phoenix. Want, yeah. San Diego. Phoenix too, which is great because you can fly to, uh, to spring training. If you want to go see the Mariners. There you go. There you go. I, I don't fly and I have a large fear of flight. Have you ever flown yes and sucks <laughs> what about it scares you um i don't know man it's just like being in a, in a tube forty thousand feet up in the air is just frightening to me yeah i don't know it's, i feel like i get it totally I feel like there's a Patton oswald uh skit about flying which basically sums up my entire <laughs> thought on it but this is kind of cool because i feel like my anxiety of flight comes from half of it is from getting there going to the airport dealing with tsa getting through the security, all of that stuff. Like, it's just so stressful. And I think it's because we live here in Everett and we have to drive like sometimes two hours in traffic to make sure that you get there an hour before your flight at SeaTac. Yeah, or several hours before your flight. Right, yeah. so it's like an all-day event. 
and now we could just you know drive and park in somebody's driveway and pay the money and just get on a, you know or like take <laughs> yeah, the bus totally. or yeah it's gonna be so close yeah i've been part of some conversations um through the some of the work that i'm doing with snohomish county tourism and about how the commercial air service to paint field will affect tourism and the markets will be spending ad dollars in and all these things. One thing that I'm really interested in about the airport is, um, from what I understand, the they're really trying to build an experience. I understand it's mostly going to be a commuter airport. Right. People who are coming in here for uh, business, mostly around aerospace. But from what I understand, the experience is really it designed in a way that it's supposed to be a pleasant flying experience and like... Um, a lot of sort of con- concierge services built in. Ooh, like a- apparently you can drive there, park your car, leave your dry cleaning in your trunk. And when you come back after your business trip or your trip and come back, your dry cleaning will be taken care of. So there's things like that that are built in um, to the whole kind of user experience of, of it all, which I think is really cool. I guess you could do that because I think there's only going to be two gates. So I guess you could do that with you know, a very small operation. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, the more, the more that eases the anxiety of flight yeah, for me I, is better. So I've seen some of the wayfinding signs and some of the, um, like design around the airport and it's going to be a really cool, beautiful place. I'm, I'm excited for that. Cool. Yeah. It'll definitely be a smaller airport. Um, again, citing this, uh, Everett Herald article that just came out the other day, it looks like there will be um, 24 flights per day, uh, which will accommodate, uh, just over 2000 passengers, um, per day. So definitely a smaller scale from SeaTac, but I, whenever I've flown out of a smaller airport, like I used to live down in Long Beach, California, and I loved flying into Long Beach airport cause it's so small and it just made everything just so much smoother and easier. And it just seemed just yeah. way more chill. And so I, I actually like that it'll be kind of smaller. Have you guys ever flown out of Bellingham? I haven't. No. Mm. Okay. Is that one pretty small? I have. Yeah, it's small, but it's a. I don't know if it's. It might be international. I'm not too sure, but I know that a lot of people will just drive up to Bellingham to take a flight, and usually it's cheaper too if yeah. you want to go like Vegas or Arizona or whatever. So. Yeah, I'm curious. I've heard that sometimes the smaller commuter airports could be more expensive in certain cases. So, I'm really anxious to see what the ticket prices are once it launches and maybe there'll be some promotions and maybe we'll be able to buy some tickets and do a little bit of traveling right out of Everett. It'd be cool. That yeah. Would be nice. Hopefully it's not such like a high end airport that, yeah, like tickets are super expensive and everyone's bummed. Yeah. It'd be like, great oh, if residents could take price. advantage of it for sure. I wonder if you could fly from C- from Everett to Seattle to skip all the traffic to get <laughs> onto your plane at SeaTac. Yeah, that's a, you, that's a commuter flight. I bet you they're going to do something like that. That would be insane. Do you guys have like a favorite city that you're excited to be able to fly to from Everett? Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Go get your gamble on. Um, my sister lives in San Jose, so that's going to be cool for the both of us. Um, nice. She's like, yeah, she's she's talked about like, because uh, San Jose's airport is pretty small. And she was like, yeah, I'll just fly up for the weekend because she'll sometimes have a three-day weekend or whatever at work. That's cool. So it makes it so much easier and less hassle, less planning. Nice. Yeah, my, yeah. mine would be Phoenix just because my parents are snowbirds now and they go down there uh, every winter and uh, so the last couple of years we've we've gone down to visit them and it's 
such a, I feel like some, a lot of people will like hate on Phoenix cause it's not maybe like the coolest place, but man, the, the winter time when you get sick of like the rainy season yeah, here in the totally. Northwest, it's yep. pretty nice place to be. I and bet. it's pretty affordable totally. too. So I think that would be mine too. I was just kidding about Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I only went to Vegas once and just did kind of the classic, you know, strip thing, checking out the casinos and stuff. And, uh, but, but I've heard there's some other like really cool parts of Vegas that most of the tourists don't get to. And I'm like, oh, I want to check out those parts, you know, yeah. explore it a little more. I guess if I'm really craving like a four ninety nine prime rib, I can just jump on a plane and fly to Vegas. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Free drinks. And or you could all just that. jump into your car and drive to Golden <laughs> Corral. <laughs> there's, al- there's always Golden Corral. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, <laughs> what is your take? We'd love to hear from you guys. What are you uh, excited about or maybe not excited about with these new commercial flights coming to town? You can leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731 or email us podcast at liveineverett.com. Right. I am Henry J, and I'm here with Alex Lark. He's the Everett Planning Commissioner, and we are going to talk about Metro Everett. Thank you for joining me today. Well, I am very excited to be here. I, you know, as much as I wish I was the Everett Planning Commissioner, I am one of many, and so there's a lot of great work done by the entire commission on this process. And again, a lot of great work done by the planning department, and it was a really big team effort. So I was just really excited to be part of it. Um, but let's dive into some of the really cool stuff that we are. Uh, that we get to talk about, right? Yeah, so Metro Everett is a done deal. It's mm-hmm. happening. It's it's in full effect right now. So maybe for people who don't know, what is the Metro Everett plan? Uh, give me a brief overview. So the Metro Everett plan is a sub-area plan. You know, we have our plan for the city where we want growth to go, what we're going to zone what, and, you know, where roads are going to be. It's important to know these things. And so the Metro Everett plan is the, the little subsection of the city where we're going to go into deeper dive, do a little more detail and do a little more planning to uh, focus in on the details of this part, particular part. The uh, Metro plan is uh, detailed for downtown Everett and runs roughly from, I would say, I mean, from east to west, from the water to the water, and from about, it, it zigzags a little, but from about 24th and, and, and in some places Everett Avenue all the way down to 34th and some places Pacific Avenue. And so the, kind of that area of the city is encompassed. Uh, when we talk about the metro uh, uh, area. And so what we would be doing is we're talking about incentives, we're talking about uh, heights, we're talking about what can be built, how, you know, how it can be built, and just, uh, you know, uh, as well as affordable housing incentives, green space incentives, just a lot of great planning that's going in there to make it a walkable, engaging, uh, you know, inviting environment. You know, it already is, but, you know, we're trying to accentuate the positive and give tools and double down on what's been working already. So downtown Everett's going to become more of a downtown, higher buildings, yeah, more, yeah. more parks, things like that. Yeah, the uh, we were kind of doing a bit of a layer cake sort of uh, strategy to it. Uh, you know, again, in the higher, in the very center is the highest buildings, and that's authorized up to about twenty-five stories. Uh, you know, give or take, just based off incentives. And to give you like a rule, a little like uh, proximity right now, I reckon the tallest building in Everett's about. 14 stories uh so imagine one with attacked on almost double in, in height and so uh that's going to be kind of what we can build and how high we can build in downtown everett so what about why why is density important to downtown everett why why this plan well you know what's great so density is a very powerful tool when put in the right place you know right tool for the right uh right place and density is a 
brings a lot of benefits. Uh, for me, as somebody who gets excited about creating like a rich urban environment, it's a catalyst for creativity. The more people you put into an area, interacting, going to coffee shops, having chance encounters, having conversations with each other. I mean, Google the uh, Google tried to design its new headquarters to create these like more or less happenstance coincidences. Uh, you know, when you build a, when you create a rich, vibrant downtown, has a rich, walkable area that we that we did in the Metro Plan, you're going to have a lot of people engaging with the folks, connecting with folks, and, and that's going to stimulate ideas. It's going to stimulate arti- artistic expression. It's going to create economic activity, and it's going to create a wonderful, um, you know, vibrant culture that will draw people, businesses, and uh, organizations to our city. That was going to be my question. My next question is: It just commercial is a it residential it's both i'm guessing it's it's both it's absolutely both you need to have a good mix at the end of the day as you know for any city to be i think commercially successful there needs to be a strong cultural component that's why that's what that's why one of the things that's so great about whatever it's been doing uh you know in the past few years you know from shack art center to uh, this particular podcast to uh working on you know you know the everett music initiative to you know just lot, the other friday you had the uh the parking uh, the parking lot parks. Oh yeah, that was great. That's fa- that's a fantastical example of tactical urbanism, and if you if we want to put on some uh, very uh, interesting uh, uh, urban uh, land use hats and urban land use nerd hat on right now, we can talk about the superiors in Barcelona, which are very fantastic, very well thought out nine by nine blocks in in the Exampia district of Barcelona, and it allows for walkability. It, it slows down the passage of cars, creates more parks, more pedestrian paths, and creates a lot of engaging space. And one of the hallmarks is having, you know, more space for like parks similar to like what we saw last Friday, those little pocket parks popping up and, you know, creating space for people, for pedestrians to go to shops, to experience shops and to experience the downtown is really creating that positive, you know, walkable uh, engaging culture that's going to be a real powerful driver to let pe- to bring people to Everett and to bring shops to Everett and bring people to shop in Everett. What about bikes? Bikes. Bikes are a fantastic tool. I, we we have a, uh, prior to the um, Metro, Air, uh, Metro Everett plan, there was, I think they passed a more comprehensive bike plan. And But what's great about the Metro Everett plan is you get incentives for creating space for bikes and bike storage. So if you, for say, if you carve out, I believe it's like a five to one ratio, uh, I'd have to I'd have to go through the entire parking chapter to find it, but you can't actually find that particular uh, chapter online. It's under parking, and uh, the, there is a um, I think it's a five to one ratio. You create five bike spaces, you are authorized to eliminate a uh, automobile space from your your uh, building. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're what we're, we're doing, and the one of the approaches we put together, which I think is great, is an incentive based approach to um, to uh, to the city, making giving you know giving developers incentives to try new ideas, to think multi multimodal in their transportation, and, and to really be creative, you know, and giving them flexibility to do that. So let's say with all this density going on, if someone wants to build apartments above their garage or do something like that within the Metro Everett area, um, will will you be able to do that? How do you go about doing that? So a little DIY uh, DIY density. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the so one of the things that we worked on uh, last year that I'm still really proud of, and I talked about it last time I think I was on here, was the changes we did to the uh, attached accessory dwelling units and accessory dwelling unit code here in the city. Uh, that's a lot of great work because that allows for like that uh, you know, do-it-yourself density throughout a lot more of the city. And what's great about that is it allows households who may be on a fixed income to 
build in an additional source of uh, revenue so they can stay so uh, so retirees can age and retire and stay in their home that they uh, that they uh, you know lived in for the last 30 years uh, it's also a great opportunity to build uh, homes that would accommodate uh, you know a say we have more multi-generational families living together now but you know grandmother or parents need their own space as much as uh, anyone else does and so you know having a, a detached accessory dwelling unit allows for that family cohesion that fa- those families to come together and but also provides you know just enough, enough spe- uh, separation so that people have their own personal space as well and what's best about them is they don't really impact the character of the neighborhood this is something these are backyard cottages and they're not forward facing they're not a 10-story building going in on the corner in a single family home they're adding rich complementary density that helps families stay in their home, that add, that helps make an area more transit-oriented uh, because you're hitting density levels that would make transit serviceable. And, you know, you can do that in a lot more places than just the downtown every core. So people can go out when this, well, the plan's already in place, but people can take these first steps. Yeah, to- yeah. The, you know, the first steps really, you know, contact the planning department. Our planning department is wonderful. Uh, they're extremely helpful. And, uh, you know, just kind of say, I'm looking to do this. Where can I start, you know, uh, where can I, uh, where can I do it? Am I allowed to authorize to do it? And uh, so contacting a planning department if you're, if, to see if your like, lot is eligible for detached accessory dwelling units is something that is the, uh, is the first appropriate place to start at. So the Rucker Hill area. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, my band practices over there and I saw these signs popping up. That's kind of like save save our neighborhood, save our area from from Metro Everett. Um, what has the kind of the feedback been like with them? Uh, is there anything that you want to like clear the air about uh, with Metro Everett? Like, are have you have you worked with that neighborhood? Yeah, at all? yeah. No, first and foremost, it's you know it is important that you know the neighborhood comes and gets engaged with the planning process. And that's exactly what they did. And that is and that's the right thing to do. Go to your planning commission. Go to your city council meeting. Make your voice heard, be engaged, and start work, and, and you know, start having this dialogue. Because you know, you know, we can only act on information that we know. And so one of the things we did do uh, in, in response uh, is that we worked to, car- they, originally there was a spot that there was like, you know, this is not the best place to have the Metro Everett, have the Metro Everett zoning and Metro Everett rules and plans. And so what, we, uh, what they did is we carved out that space, we, we worked to respect um, that, uh, that area, carve that out, make sure that we're accommodating to the neighborhood as well, and then we also worked to um, we worked in some places along Rucker, which was uh, some concerns about building heights along there. Some in some places the, the building heights went down, in some places they stayed the same. Some of us they went up a little bit, but we worked really hard to accommodate the needs and get take that feedback and not make any too greater variate too much variation off of what is already existing. And, and you know, and some people, you know, we. Uh, we worked hard and some people, you know, felt that they had been listened to. Some people felt, you know, we, we didn't quite get to where they, where they were hoping we would be. But one of the great challenges is when we live in a city and, uh, you know, that's going back to the, um, to what I was talking about before, people engaging, people connecting, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're all in this together and we are neighbors and, and, you know, it's a balance, a fine balancing act between, you know, how do we balance the growth that's coming to our, to our area? How do we support that? But, you know, again, how do we maintain some of these, valuable cultural neighborhood assets like the Norton Grand area that, you know, where we can, you know, make sure that, you know, those, those families, those homes, those historic homes, you know, are there for generations to come adding this wonderful rich to adding to the wonderful rich tapestry of Everett. Right. Well, at least, you know, it's, it's good that 
you're listening mm-hmm. for sure. A and lot, of, a lot of places will not. So it, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to always, you know, to listen to like land, to listen to property owners, to listen to people in the neighborhood. Another neighborhood that engaged a lot uh, in the process was the Everett Station District, uh, Everett Station area. Mm-hmm. And there's a, something called the Everett Station District Alliance that has um, been building momentum for the last few years, building up neighborhood um, momentum and partnership with surrounding neighborhoods as well as with the uh, property owners inside there working to redevelop the area around Everett Station. Where, where is that, that neighborhood? Because I just think of like, it's just like warehouses around there. Yeah, there there is, there's, there's houses too? There's mostly, it's mostly warehouses. Gotcha. And it's mostly warehouses that, uh, it's mostly light industrial, but it's- So this is like business owners? Business, some business owners we have, which is why we also have been, the Everett Station District Alliance has reached out to na- neighborhood associations in the areas adjacent to them, because you know, hey, you know, just because there's not a lot of folks here, there's a lot of you know, living here 24 seven, there are a lot of folks who live around it, so we want to be engaged with them. And, and, and those neighborhoods have, have come to events, learned about what's been going on, um, but there is a lot of property owners locally in the Everett Station District who are looking to uh, you know, change it from having a place that is just a place of business to a place where people can live, can work, and can recreate as well. I mean, the, uh, the vision for uh, Everett Station is to grow a transit-oriented neighborhood that is, that is greener, that is a uh, place where you know, people who who can hop on the train and go to work in Seattle, or who can walk to downtown Everett, or who, who could take a bus to other parts, you know, and use this transit-oriented hub to really have a greener lifestyle, have a more, like kind of a more urban lifestyle. And it's really an opportunity to, to bring a lot of folks in here to do a lot of great things. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. And um, the actually, you know, when we think about like some of the first steps in, uh, you know, Metro Everett, one of the first cranes that might be up is the uh, is Hope Works Station, actually done by Housing Hope. On, uh, well, Hope Works, a partner nonprofit of uh, Housing Hope on Broadway. And uh, that building's going up. It's going to be about uh, four stories mixed use. And it's, you know, part and part of the Everett, it's part of the Everett Station District Alliance and part of the Everett Station neighborhood and is looking to be kind of a catalyst project. So we've talked a lot about Metro Everett. Yeah. When, when will we see the first crane? When will we see like this, this plan start to take effect? Well, it is the rules. Most of the rules are now already in place. The council voted on them. And then there's a few other uh, regulatory uh, rules that, you know, follow along amend, code amendments that, are, that need to have some technical amendments that are going to be implemented. But the rules are there now. And the, and the conversation... Uh, has already changed about what can be done in downtown and in downtown Everett. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what it, what Everett will look like uh, in the next few years, because it's, we've made it easy. We've made, we've streamlined the code. Uh, We've reduced the number of, uh, we reduced the number of zones from 12. There were 12 different zones, zones in, uh, in Metro Everett. We reduced that from 12 to three, making it We've made we've worked to make it uh, change it from the language in, Me- in Metro Everett for, to a more just a, a readable conversational uh, description of what can be done. It, so it's accessible, it's it's streamlined, and it's and it's going to be a lot easier for people to kind of figure out what what vision, what dream they can build down here. Very cool. Yeah, well, very cool. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add at all? Uh, maybe where people can read over the plan if they haven't read it already. Well, so always go to the uh, go to the, you can go to uh, the Everett Planning uh, Commission's or the Everett Planning Department's website. You know, there's a metro section on there. All the all the most updated plans are available online, and I can I can shoot you a link for the show notes afterwards as well. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Guys. Appreciate it. 
It is time for Ever Trivia. We take three trivia questions graciously researched by the team at the Northwest Room of the Everett Public Library and see if Tyler and Garrett can guess them correctly. Let's dig in. Did you listen to the podcast while you were sick, Garrett? Lind- I didn't, no. Linda played for you in trivia oh, last she week. Do. She beat me. Yes. Yep. Which is not surprising. Good job, Linda. Yeah. All right, you guys ready? Born ready. All right, here we go. Who was Everett's first school teacher? A, Margaret Rucker. B, Thomas Dwyer. C, Emma Yule. Or D, John McChesney. Uh, looks like we're both guessing B. I'm going to guess B. Both of you are incorrect. It was Emma Yule was the first school teacher in Everett. Dang. Wow. He just sounded the best to me. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it stood felt, out. It felt right. <laughs> it's, it's like an old-timey name, I guess, Thomas Dwyer. Yeah. Um, this one may or may not be easy. What is a shingle weaver? A, a beetle that kills cedar trees. B, someone involved in cedar shingle production. C, a maker of cedar garments. Or D, someone who makes carpets out of wood fiber. What is a shingle weaver? The answer is B. B. The answer is B, correct. Boom. Both of you. There we go. This one may stump you. I'm not too sure. Bring it. When did the first 747 roll out of the Everett Boeing factory? A, 1959. B, 1972. C, 1968. Or D, 1965. The first 747. To roll out of the Boeing factory, or as people who work at Boeing call it, Boeing. Out of the Boeing factory. I'm going to say 1959A. Both of you are incorrect. It was 1968. Darn it. These are getting tough. Well, except for the the Shingle Weaver one wasn't very tough. But the other two, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Pretty darn tough. One for three. That's disappointing. We tied. Yeah, it's all well, downhill from here. We'll have to come back next week, I guess. I guess so. Try it again. Everybody has an off week. Even LeBron James. <laughs> Even LeBron James. Yeah, they are getting tougher. That's good. That was fun. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much to our amazing supporters on Patreon, especially to these five amazing patrons who signed up at the $5 per month level or higher. Carly Hayden, Katie Cook, Bob Bowlerjack, Lara Bird, and Allison Mush. Thank you so very much. Uh, our patrons help us keep living ever going, uh, and you can learn more all about it at patreon.com slash living Everett. Laura Baird. Yeah, what did he say? Larry Bird? Larry Bird, yeah. <laughs> the, freak, the freak from Goose Creek. Larry Thank Bird. you, Laura, Laura Baird. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out on the Living Everett podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please help others discover it as well by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. If you'd like to drop us a line, you can contact us, podcast at liveinever.com or leave us a voicemail at 425-341-3731. If you are listening to the uh, podcast right now, text a goat emoji to 425-344-1727. Again, 425-344-1727 with a goat emoji so we know you're listening. <laughs> And thanks to you for joining us today. A special thanks to Oliver Elf Army for our theme music and to our producer, Henry J. Good things happen in Everett because of you. So thanks so much for listening and being a part of this wonderful city. Have a great week, everyone. This is why we're Everett till the grave.